<laughs> the countdown gets me every time. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to Haku FM. I'm here with George Clark from Deaf Heaven. Hello, George. Hello, hello. Uh, former Crumb um, customer, more importantly. Oh, man. R.I.P. The hell. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Crumb. That's right, man. If you need some dried flowers, there's now a dried flower shop in there. Uh, so it's, it hasn't all gone horribly yeah, wrong. Yeah, potpourri. That's nice. Good. Good on him. That's a real sign of the times. Get rid of the uh, the Bring Me the Horizon playing cafe and put in some dried flowers. <laughs> it's, a, it's a sick, sad world. <laughs> um, we're catching up because... I am super interested in what's going on with live touring across the world at the moment. Um, we call it post-COVID, but I guess it's it's not necessarily post-COVID. It's just post the uh, lockdown pandemics. And you have and your band have just completed quite an extensive tour across North America, Europe. And did you do some Asia dates as well? Or we, am I? Yeah. yeah, we did. We did. Um, we did Korea and we did Bangkok. Uh, we did with Seoul in Bangkok. It was uh, it was great. Yeah, and then we did five weeks in Europe and five weeks in the states. Yeah. So I just really wanted to kind of touch base with you, as someone who's been doing it um, and at a certain level as well, and just kind of hear what your experience has been. So I guess at the top, like, did did what what were your takeaways from the tour? Now that you're back on solid ground, uh, I'm glad we did them. Um, I'm really happy we did them. It had been a long time coming. Um, we laid low for the most part during the pandemic, during the lock, more lockdown period, uh, aside from a couple of festivals in 2021. Uh, so to get back on the road was great, but, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> there's a lot there. Uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. Some some things we were kind of right about, and some things we were surprised by. But yeah, I'm happy we did it. So, what were you expecting that did happen? Um, so for for one for the states, a, a big thing was uh, was attendance drop offs without uh, refund attempts. So we we were seeing, I think through. You know, I think because of the COVID anxiety, mostly, um, and if I'm going to be optimistic, that coupled with people's willingness to support artists regardless, had a lot of people buying tickets but not showing up, but not asking for refunds. Mm. Um, I think just being like, yeah, you know, like, I hope they can keep it or however they imagine the system works. Uh, they're, they're trying to be um, giving. At least it seems that way. So we uh, I had something I'd been hearing about uh, before we did our tour. And yeah, it was really interesting. I mean, like the rooms were great and they were filled. And it's not... What was interesting is that I didn't necessarily notice it, but then at the end of the night, it would be like, oh, like 15% of people that purchased tickets didn't show up uh, mm. and didn't ask for refunds. Uh, at least this is the story we're getting. Um, and, and so, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, and then, um, and then the, kind of the opposite was true in Europe, which was, which was, and I don't, you know, I don't know how wide this is, but I've talked to a few friends who are kind of on the same level of touring that we're at. And, and what you found is that no one was buying tickets at all. 
uh, or <laughs> like they were dramatically lower than um, than they than the uh, reports had shown previously. Like say two weeks out to flying out to Europe, we get you know pre-sale numbers, and like that compared to the last time we were in Europe was dramatically different. Uh, and really kind of anxiety inducing, um, mm. y- you know, what's, what's good for us is that we have a really low overhead, uh, for bands that have bigger production, um, who have a lot, who have a lot more costs. I could see looking at numbers like that, you know, imagining that, that from the top down, we're all kind of experiencing a, a similar thing. Uh, and being really reluctant to tour. Um, and cause we were kind of the same way. We were like, you know, should we be, even be doing this? Are we going to lose money and mm. et cetera, et cetera. But when you go over there, you find, um, that I think Europe is in a special situation, of course, with the war and kind of people are trying to be more conservative with their money, with the energy that's happening over there and the politics around energy and energy costs and things like that. So I think that was, that was one of the things. And I think the other thing is that, people weren't always willing to believe that an artist would actually make it over. Um, there's been so right. many interruptions and I think we really saw that. So again, like the shows, the day of great shows really like, I was like, man, this was you know, like, we made the right decision to, to go through with this. Um, but leading up was quite scary. So, in the States, you expected a thousand people and 850 showed up. And in Europe, you expected a uh, hundred people and 500 show up. You know, it was, it was mm. kind of, that was sort of um, what we were dealing with anyway. Right. And what about all this, this stuff, obviously, other than the playing of the show? So, like the logistics the organization, the cost, all those things, have, have has that become more intense in terms of how much you have to do or is it just the basics of like, hey, the costs have, have gone up, um, all that stuff? It's mostly the, the basics, but um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of different things. One is everyone is touring. Um, everyone is trying to make up for lost touring for the last few years. And so say... For example, transportation. You know, there's only so many buses and mini buses and bandwagons and little nightliners and all these things that you can choose from, right? So these companies understand that. Um, they have to be choosy, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, which means they're, you're now competing with, um, with their kind of uh, their pricing, you know, the, the ball is in their court. Mm. Uh, and the same thing goes with gear rental. You know, we've been pretty lucky on, on, on both these things, but um, uh, it's after like a lot more searching than we usually have to do. It's just kind of yeah, more intensive that way. And then, um, and then money, uh, money value is fluctuating all over the place, as as I'm sure you're aware of. And uh, what's really interesting is like seeing like the euro or the pound go down when you're over there because used to, you know, you'd make, you'd make way more money in Europe because you'd come back to the States and, and you'd exchange it and the exchange rate mm. was really favorable and it helped offset the cost of, uh, getting to Europe, you know, flights and gear rental and all these things that you don't have to do domestically. Um, so that kind of went away. 
Um, so yeah, it, it's you're paying for more costs, little things like that. And again, this is for us to have a low overhead. So I'm, I'm imagining with bigger mm. artists who value a bigger production, who require maybe a bigger production, uh, it just it's just seeming like. Um, kind of an insurmountable financial issue. Uh, I don't know how much you've seen, but there's been a number of larger acts that are, um, that have been uh, canceling tours based on logistics uh, simply because, you know, overhead's massive and they're not making the returns that they used to. Yeah, I saw the Animal Collective one, which I thought was super interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, sorry. Uh, and and then also seeing like, um, you know, S- Santi Gold. Yes. Was like not gonna not gonna tour, not not necessarily for the same reasons, but I'm sure that was also a part of it. Um, and and even like what I've been following with um, Car Seat Headrest, um, Will, who has basically experienced long-term health problems from actually getting COVID and is unable to essentially play any shows. Um, did that, like, yeah, did you have to approach your tour in a, in a different way, like, because of, like, essentially a lot of bands not having fans backstage or a lot of interaction or anything like that to try and keep the tour going? Did you guys really um, implement some of that stuff? Or? We did a little bit at, at the top, yeah, in, in, in the States, uh we did. I remember one show in Canada in particular was kind of um, some, some staff had tested positive, and uh, we we keep testing stuff on the bus, and so like right. the whole venue had to get tested, and it was kind of an ordeal. Um, but again, knock on wood, uh, we haven't uh, we haven't really had to have too much issues with it. There hasn't been. Um, we had to cancel one show uh, from from a member that got it. I haven't gotten it. Even you know, being in audiences and stuff like that, there's been like anxiety around it. But you know, I had the conversation really early on with myself, and I was kind of like, I'm gonna just do what we do. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know how to um, pull back. You know, or what level to yeah. pull back, or what you know. It, there's so many. It's, it's mm. all nebulous, and and again, and so many people are affected um, differently by it. The car seat thing, you know, that's it's it's awful. Uh, it's like a it's like a nightmare scenario. And um, yeah, yeah, I think you know, I think um, for a lot of people, the pandemic was very um, was very emotional i think you know people lost people during it uh i think all on that on top of the fact that there was a lot of pressure to keep going if if keeping going was necessary i think a lot of artists kind of stood at a crossroads um of whether or not to continue and i think that a Mm -hmm. few of them are still experiencing that same thing um I think, you know, there's, there's quite a bit of, you know, it was a, it was a pretty big deal. Um, I have managed it all right. Uh, I kind of keep my head low and just try and move forward because I don't really know what else to do. But, um, mm. you know, for someone like Animal Collective or something, you know, I don't, I don't know these artists, but I know that, or I suspect that they have families. Uh, that they're older, that they require more, that their families require more, not only financially, but, you know, in terms of health and safety and 
um, emotional support and, and everything else. So I think, you know, I think those artists are dealing with situations that I'm not, uh, mm. and, uh, and it's tough, you know, I don't know. I think, I think there's things that, that can be done, um, to try and help us all out, but we'll see, we'll see if we'll, we'll get there. And, and looking forwards, kind of knowing the sentiment of the artists around you and, and who you've been talking to and um, just the general vibe, do, what, what do you see looking forwards as being things that might change over the next few years? God, uh, you know, my fear is that people will, will stop touring. Um, and that, you know, the entire ecosystem will kind of collapse. Uh, I don't want that to be the case. I think, um, you know, I, I mean, like everything else in music, I think there's avenues at which the artists could be making more money than they do. Um, and therefore touring could be a more viable thing. Uh, you know, I don't know. I think I, you know, I, I kind of just wish like Ticketmaster would burn down or something. Like I think like it'd be <laughs> nice if like something on that end happened. Here's the thing: is that like you know, even like we're we're having the interview now, you know, and it, it, you know we're, we're chit chatting now. It's so much of this again, like everything else, is falling on the artists, where we're being made mm. to, you know, juggle between financial responsibility and safety and and now even like going going out and, and touring is is becoming increasingly financially irresponsible because people aren't buying tickets like they used to and um and artists again are dealing with uh with world events um that are kind of that you know that that we have like no control over whether it's covid or again the war i mean like we canceled our russian shows uh I, you know, i don't think our um our russian fans are to uh to blame for any of this but this is like another thing that the artists now can't do because of something that's bigger and and outside of their control and i think um i don't know if if uh, it's it's just hard to say. I'm kind of like rambling now, but it's it's. Uh, no, I, th I think about like the the greater powers. You know, I think about. Here's something I'll think about: is the whole time during the pandemic, at least in the states, there was this like campaign to save venues and um, Music Cares, which is like an artist focused organization here that um, works with like the Grammy people to supply artists with grants and things like that. It's like the, essentially the only one of its kind, uh, was doing what it could, you know, but, um, but you have, uh, you know, these major companies and, and so you have on one side, you have all these people that are like save venues and support artists and all that stuff. But the people that are, um, in control of most of these things, uh, it's just, uh, you know, there's like a dissonance there. Because uh, mm. there, there, there is no real help coming from the larger organizations that do control these things that like could uh, that could really improve touring across the board for for artists and for fans alike um, that don't you know I'm speaking specifically about uh, things like ticketing services and and uh, and large like conglomerate promotion companies and. <laughs> 
Uh, which tend, which sometimes are exactly the same thing. Well, dude, I mean, I mean, this this is <laughs> this is not probably going to be a lesson for for you or uh, or or your listeners, but you know, you know, like trade, like like there's this app Trade Desk, right? And Trade Desk, you can set up an unlimited amount of Ticketmaster accounts uh, so that you can buy bulk because Ticketmaster has a regulation that says you can't only buy like eight or nine tickets at a time. Right. Mm. So, so this thing surpasses, like goes behind that. Uh, and, and Ticketmaster basically doesn't check up on like bot patterns because these things like basically what you know, you're, you're making yourself a bot by creating all these accounts uh, and they don't check like, oh, this is all coming from this source. You know, we should we should make sure that this person cannot do it uh, because they're getting additional revenue from resales. So they get you know they get their percentages from upfront. You know, their service fees and all that, and they get more service fees every time there's an official or like a verified resale, which all these things you know verifiably resale through. Mm. And it's making it so that Ticketmaster is making the most money, more money than the artists. You know, like like it is, it the entity takes home the most. And Ticketmaster, Live Nation, TicketWeb, they're all owned by Ticketmaster Entertainment. They all do. They do Governor's Ball, Bonnaroo, Download, Reading, Leeds, you name it, uh, and. They give rebates to venues who cater to them. Venues, at least in the states, that aren't getting state support or anything like that because there's like no real arts funding in the states. So like they like, you know, like I mean, I have friends that work at Live Nation, so like that, and it has nothing to do with them. You know, they're just like we're just trying to keep our place open. It's it's the it's the whole thing. It's like set up to like hurt. <laughs> The yeah. only two people, the only two groups, fans and artists that are really trying to, to keep it alive. And so you have all these like exterior things, war, sickness that are kind of emotionally draining. And instead of, instead of counteracting that for the industry, the industry itself just, you know, keeps doing what it's always done. And mm -hmm. like, you're, you know, you're probably going to see people ceasing to tour or doing it really selectively uh, or like not going internationally, you know, um, mm. which, which is a shame. I mean, like, you know, like going to Thailand and Seoul and things like that, like they will, it will become more difficult maybe. Uh, and I think those experiences just shouldn't be few and far between. It's just crazy. You know, you think, that a lot of like deep structural change would have come from this, but it hasn't. And so you got fucking like Santi gold and shit being like, having to like pour her heart out to her fans being like, I, I just, you know, mm. an animal collective being like, we can't afford this. Like there's, there's, mm. it's too insane, uh, on a personal level, you know, financial level. And you got these, you know, there's, there's, there's powers that, that control this thing. You know, it's, it doesn't just work on its own and they could, they could give back, uh, mm. or they could set up things to give back. Um, but you know, it doesn't happen. I mean, imagine if, if, if stateside bands got, uh, grants for tours, I mean, it would be, 
it'd be monumental, you know, like 5K, something that wouldn't be anything to anybody except if, you know, a struggling artist. Uh, mm. It would be, you know, be pretty, pretty um, life-changing, whether that means um, they can afford uh, transportation that doesn't keep them in a cramped backstage or they can keep, or they can buy tests and masks and things like that to keep themselves safe or however you want to use it. Um, all these things help alleviate the stresses that, um, that have really kind of piled on the, uh, the touring world. Hmm. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I can't, I can when I look at it, I just see it's, most heavily going to impact that um, pathway of development for live bands or live artists trying to grow from something smaller up to something big that can get to that international tour. Um, it's who maybe aren't the kind of artist who lend themselves very well to the online content world or they just don't do, you know, their, 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 their music or their artistry or their creativity is, doesn't fit inside those lanes very well. Mm -hmm. They used to be able to rely on, well, that's because we're like a really good live band and we just we can just hard graft our way up and down the country or over to this country or do those kind of things. And I see that pathway just getting more and more severely constricted, which will probably alter the kind of, bands we start or acts i should say because i think bands are the things that are gonna start to die out or become far less common because downstream of that kind of constriction you're the only artists making through it are ones that are going to fit the new economy or the new um yeah economic rules essentially they're going to be smaller acts who can afford to create release and tour on the smallest possible setups um, and probably are able to spread their art through digital means um, as much, if not more, than actually through physical means. Yeah, yeah. I, th I mean, I think you're, I think you're exactly right on all points. And and even as it ties into labels and releases and stuff like that, I think that you'll see things going more digitally across the board because uh, where are you going to sell them? You know, um, mm. or you know, with less opportunities to sell, it's just easier to to have things in a, in a digital world while you, you know, while you play as much as you can. I'm hoping, uh, you know, that, that perhaps DIY, which is always going strong. Um, and in fact, even, you know, uh, here in New York, there's like three or four places off the top of my head that are doing extremely well. Um, that will subvert the, you know, live nation Ticketmaster monopoly and, and and hopefully uh get its own legs but but then you know these things have ceilings and 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 uh mm. and i don't know it's uh it's it's annoying I, I want i want more than anything for artists to just feel comfortable playing their shows again uh mm. and for established artists for long standing artists to feel like you know, um, they don't have to hide away for years uh, until like until like their worth returns. You know, it's fucking mm. it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't think we're going back. I think oh. we're moving. It's going to be something different um, and 
moving forwards. Um, I, I, yeah, yeah, and, and even you know, and maybe you know, maybe even as as artists, uh, and like if things aren't going to change, you know, like we we'll, we will we'll have to adapt, uh, like we always do. You know, uh, I was having this conversation. We were we were in Europe when these artists when these artists were putting out these statements, and we were. You know, again, it was like every day of being like, are people going to be at the show or not? So we were having this kind of like constant anxiety and people talking about not touring anymore. And we had a, an, an internal conversation being like, is this, you know, is this a fool's errand? You know, is this, mm. is this, are we, is this crazy or should we not be doing this? Or I don't know. And then I look at a band like Dummy, um, who uh, check out if you haven't, great band, uh, from L.A., who, while we were in Europe, posted a thing about their hundredth show this year, you know, mm. and like, and they're a band that gets like really like no support, and they're not like kids, you know, they're just a young band trying to do their thing, and they're working extremely hard, and they're doing it at a time that feels very impossible. And I see a band like Dummy, and I just think like, okay, like you know. Like, I don't know, I don't even know if I have room to say much, you know, I don't really feel comfortable. Like, I, I think that we should just, we should just stay the course because I'm, you know, I'm mm. looking around at, at peers and, and, you know, there's a lot of people that, uh, are going to keep doing this and feel like maybe they don't have a choice. And I think that we're probably more those people than, than anything else. Uh, yeah. so, so we'll be right with them. And it, and it was helpful to see it was like them just celebrating, you know the gig that night it was uh i was like okay this is the juice you know this is mm. this is the kind of mentality we should all be having even if it means uh getting back in the van you know and and yeah and playing the smaller rooms again or whatever you have to do yeah well that and that really makes me think a lot about the idea of um you know as 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 we move as history moves forward we don't really invent new things we just kind of reinvent old things for the new mediums and new new ways and um it makes me think a lot about the rebuilding of the local diy art scenes that are that then utilize the new digital connection we have to kind of create a web altogether where they maintain their own local feeling they're not trying to grow into you know, it's the opposite of trying to grow into a brand and become a worldwide platform. Like yeah. the idea of becoming a platform, it's it's more so like if we could create a network of strong localized things across the world, then you have an international network. Yeah, it just happens to be a super localized thing. And I and what one of the things I like to think about is the idea of it would actually be really great, probably a necessary step of that to have some kind of stake in the ground of code of conduct is like too like um like soulless of a word <laughs> but um but essentially like here are the t here, you know what's the thing that's going to tie all our communities together and allow them to thrive in their own way and it could be things like we th th this is how you know we we don't work with x y and z and if you do that's okay but like we we are doing our own thing over yeah, here and yeah. and we we trade doing these things and this is what we expect of the scenes involved and we kind of and, and like we we're not trying to um yeah, we're, we're, we're not trying to centralize. We're trying to stay decent. All those kinds of things. I wonder if we need someone or something to step up and kind of build that kind of network. I think that you do. I think, I mean, I think, you know, um, and as far as uh, 
countrywide or, or globally or, or whatever. I mean, the, those things, they, they take time to build. But like in punk circles and stuff, and speaking for the States, a lot of that exists. There's What's cool is that there's DIY venues all over the country, and then there's festivals, and these promoters, these bands, all these people, they meet up at these certain spots, and they all meet each other, and 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 then everyone has new connections, and then when they go back home, they can plan new tour routes, and it's the same thing in death metal, and you know, and and mm. more like extreme underground stuff, where like you go uh to these major festivals and it's still there there is there's still groundwork happening you know and it's still you know not to make it so annoyingly political but it's like a grassroots thing it's like everyone Mm. kind of bands together and and even if you're not doing a a full-on across the united states tour you can do two weeks on the west coast two weeks on the east coast you can do you know you can do a Texas weekend, you know, stuff like that, like what fans do (laughs) and they, they make it viable. Um, and, uh, and you go and you buy the ticket from the venue, you know, and it's, Mm. and it's like, and the, the venue, uh, is also a cafe and the hours are from this to this and you come, you buy a ticket, yada, yada, you know, like, Mm. um, a point of purchase thing. So you were not giving, I'm not paying seventeen dollar fees on an eight dollar show, you know, uh, which mm. will happen. Um, so yeah, that, that's all going to happen, you know. And I don't know if I don't know if if the Death Heavens and the and the Animal Collectives and all that are gonna are gonna be able to uh, to to re-enter on that scale. But I think that that scale will always exist, and I and I think that it's important that if we want those bands on that scale to achieve bigger success, that we try and um, change some of these bigger structural things that are kind of anti-artists and anti-fan that are happening. I think that's, I think that's the vibe. <laughs> I think that's a very uh, good sentiment to end the interview on. <laughs> <laughs> so you're uh, always... Um, for 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 a man who makes the kind of music you do, you're 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 always leave me feeling so happy and so optimistic. <laughs> oh, I am. Doing, doing that <laughs> <laughs> um, and I will say, I like I sent a message. I, everyone should go listen to the latest Death Heaven album, Infinite Granite. It's amazing. Thank you. Much. I really enjoyed it. Um, as like a new fan to the band, it was, a, it was actually an, a very very cool uh, entry point. So <laughs> I loved it, man. Oh, well, thank you. Here's hoping, disregarding the whole conversation we've just had, that I can uh, at some time see the band live uh, at some point. Wow. But it might have to be me coming to see you potentially. We're working on it. No, we uh, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. going to make it. We're going to make it down. All right, cool. Well, thanks so much, George. Uh, I know a lot of people who listen are really going to impre- uh, enjoy hearing what you have to say about this. So I appreciate you. Taking I really appreciate the time. it. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your night and uh, enjoy New York. Thank you, sir. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> All right. See you, man. Bye.